Welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. My name is Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. Uh, Join with me today is the uh, legendary, the magnanimous, America's sweetheart, Jeff Cork. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing better now, Bob Buell. (laughs) Holy cow. What an intro. Well, I try. I, you know, I start off strong and then fizzle like a beautiful firework. That's oh. my end goal. <laughs> yeah, well, no one leaves disappointed, though. Exactly. Now let the fizzling begin. <laughs> um, Jeff, thank you so much for being here. Uh, truly an honor. Um, I am very we... excited to be here. If I may, can I explain a little bit about how this how this happened? <laughs> I would love to hear it. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. So first, let me preface this. Um, I have to say that this is something that's very important to me is that when I like something or I like what someone is doing, I always try to reach out and share that with them. I just want to tell you, first of all, Bob Buell, that I hope you know how much everyone appreciates you in general. I just say like every time you pop onto a podcast or I see like comments and stuff, you're just such a great positive spirit everywhere you go and you are deeply loved and I hope you Understand that and acknowledge that and remember that. Well, that is incredibly kind. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, thank uh, you, Bob. And the funny thing is you call into Better Quest regularly. And I feel like that blowhard Ben Hansen, my co-host, who I love so dearly, <laughs> I rarely get a chance to talk to you at all. So this is a big treat because I've been listening to this podcast and I love it. <gasps> and it's great because I get to hear like people that I know very well and I get to hear like all kinds of stuff that I never knew about them. And it's also a great introduction to people that I know a little bit or have never heard of before. And I, it's just fantastic. So I'm, oh. I'm very long winded. So by the way, this episode is going to be three hours long. And Love it. If, if you like my brand of bullshit, this is going to be great. Otherwise, I apologize because there's going to be a lot of it. <laughs> but so anyway, I was going to send you a discord message and because I was like, Boy, I have some opinions on a couple of these questions, and I just wanted to just, you know, say I like your podcast and stuff. And I look in my message to Bob Buell, and you had sent me an invite to appear on the show last year, and I was absolutely mortified because <laughs> part of me was like, hang on, he asked Joe Juba. He didn't ask uh, Jeff Cork, huh? Is that how this is going? <laughs> Very interesting. Alex Stadnick? Who? It, but <laughs> all this time... I had been sitting on a red hot invite, looking like a fool. Golden you probably ticket. every time you I, you spoke to me, tinges of of resentment, like, "Oh, look, it's Mister Highfalutin Jeff Carr." I'm just going to talk to Ben Hansen. That's probably what's <laughs> happening all this time. So, deeply Mr. apologize Too for good that. Good for the room, Mister Jeff Cork over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I I I say it to anyone who who asks me. Uh, because why else would I say it? Um, I get so many unanswered emails and DMs and whatnots on this show. Uh, it is absolutely no skin off my back. I fully understand people have lives to live, and yeah, dang it, they should go about their day. Did you uh, see that 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 kind of blew up a little while ago? T Pain 
the popular musical artist yeah. yes. was like he like publicly like released like he tweeted it was like scrolling through all the private messages on instagram he'd received over the year that he had no idea oh. and it was like all these people who wanted to collaborate with him and all these like famous <laughs> names and he was just like oh that would have been cool oh miss this one oh wow another great opportunity there there goes that it, Oh, Hilar- oh, hilarious no. at the time i was like oh, oh, oh people don't understand technology and yet <laughs> here i am sitting on the golden ticket didn't even know exactly <laughs> uh well yes uh, regardless it, the the invite is aged like a fine wine and, and now we're here you know, popping that wine open or yes. whatever you do with wine yeah um but before we get into the questions, where would we be uh, without a couple grand rules, mm-hmm. uh, terms and conditions, if you will? Uh, so uh, grand rule number one, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer these questions. If a yes or a no suffice, give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get a better answer, I want to hear that story. Uh, grand rule number two, uh, this ain't 60 minutes. We ain't <laughs> trying to grill you. We, I. <laughs> we i like i like referring to the show as a we as if it's like this big production mm-hmm. uh, i have 14 producers and uh wranglers and people who do my makeup for the show yep zero accountability um, very little <laughs> uh but if there's any if there's a question that comes across that eh, maybe you don't want to answer for whatever reason we could pass no worries and uh round rule number three despite the name of the show being 99 questions uh, there might be one off the cuff. There might be uh, some of these are certainly not questions in the proverbial sense. Uh, there might be, I don't know, maybe something to look forward to toward the end of the show, like a little community lightning round. Who knows? Uh, so we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Don't be too literal. Uh, so non-question number one. Yes. Jeff Cork, are you ready? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Can I ask you a question? Oh! <gasps> that that wasn't the question. I'm dad <laughs> by the way <laughs> um i can ask Certainly, clarifying yeah. questions right do you encourage that yeah okay I, I, I not only encourage it i tolerate it oh, uh, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes no t- totally fine totally fine okay uh question number one mm-hmm. what's the perfect breakfast perfect breakfast that is eggs benedict with a mm. side of hash browns and a side of bacon. Mm. And I, I'll have, like, if someone has, like, a, a salmon Benedict, that's great. A walleye Benedict, I'll have that. I'll have a pesto Benedict I've had. I think just Ooh. the larger Benedict family, that's great. Yeah. That's my of the Rhode Island, Island Benedicts. Yeah. Yes. The that, family. One, of, one of the best eggs Benedict I had was, like, at this little diner in my where my parents lived at. I can't remember the name of it, but um, it, their sides, you get like, I got eggs Benedict and, you know, the traditional sides, I mean, hash browns, you can get uh, toast of different varieties and everything. One of the sides, uh, biscuits and gravy. So you could get a short stack of pancakes <laughs> and then another plate with two giant biscuits and gravy. So, wow. And it, they're really it's, good, but good grief. I'm sure. It's a lot. <laughs> That's a good fair bit. <laughs> Yeah. A fair bit. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Uh, question number two. Who's mm-hmm. the coolest dude? Oh, this is a, a lot of weight one. on this question. There's a this lot is... of weight yeah. on this one. Oh, man. 
See, I I think coolest. Maybe it's because I'm susceptible to marketing, and I'm of a certain age. At his prime, Chester Cheetah. If I, looking at the, the world of fictional characters, that was his uh-huh. entire thing. Was that he, he was, was the coolest? He was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, sunglasses, mm-hmm. uh, smoking hot babes all yeah. over the place. Uh, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Exactly. He had a catchphrase that rhymed, which is always great. It's not easy being cheesy. Um, didn't, I don't remember any, any real personality, but the sunglasses did most of the lifting, which I can appreciate. That's really all you yeah. need, you know? Yeah. Chester Cheetah. Somebody send this to his PR rep. I have to say, like, you're <laughs> kind of putting your thumb on the scale when you say coolest dude, because that's not like a, uh, well, there's this political prisoner, you know, who was able to tap into spirituality and maintain sanity and solitary confinement in 42 years, you know? Yeah. Very but cool dude. Fist bumped a jukebox and <laughs> exactly got that bad boy going. Yeah. 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 I think it's a, a perfect answer, I dare say. Uh, question number three. Steak, chicken, or fish? Steak. Yeah. I consume mm. the most chicken overall, but I think well, it's hard to beat a good steak. I love all of them, though. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong. Question four. Mm-hmm. Best gift you've ever gotten. Best gift I've ever gotten. Okay. This, as with... um. A lot of my stories is uh, my answers are going to be long stories. So, again, love it, love it. Okay, here we go. So I used somehow to somehow all of my longest episodes yeah. are my most listened to. So oh, good. Any anything that breaks four hours, instant hit. So okay, we're going to blow the lid off of this mother. Oh, so it's going to be great. Okay. Here we go. Because <laughs> um, people listen to this while they're sleeping, right? So that's what's happening. Why? Exactly. Okay. They listen to the first fifteen and then, and then just doze off. Yeah, yeah. The engagements there as far as the podcast can go. Um, <laughs> So I was turning 30 and I was working as a copy editor at my local newspaper in Duluth, Minnesota at the time. Not a big birthday guy, but it was like, eh, 30 is kind of a big one. And one of the things that happens if, as, if you're on the copy desk is you are one of the last people to leave because you have to stick around after you turn in the pages that you've designed and edited. And then the press guys come up and show you like the first round of pages. You go over them to make sure you didn't misspell a headline or that kind of thing so you can go back and they can fix the place yeah. and everything so everyone left like including my friend at the time mike i was like hey uh you, it's my birthday you're gonna take can you maybe let me go and you can check out the proofs he's like nah, i gotta go so i was like what so i stuck around it was like midnight and kind of bummed out and i get home and i come home and there's like a big house party and like oh. all my friends, including that rat Mike, were there, and it was super great. <laughs> then they're like, "All right, Cork, you gotta come downstairs." I went downstairs, and as soon as my feet hit the bottom stair, like my favorite local band at the time, Bon Appetit, was in my basement, and they <gasps> played a big set, and it was so much fun. And yeah, that was the best gift I ever received. So my, that's unbelievable. My brother and my at the time, soon-to-be wife set that up, and it was just the best. Wow. That is tremendous. Yeah. yeah. That's like an 80s movie. Like, that doesn't just happen. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the whole... It was like that walk from the the driveway to my house, though. It was just grumbling and muttering about how life stinks and turning <laughs> 30s stupid. 
and I don't like it. And why are there so many cars parked in the neighborhood tonight? This is dumb. <laughs> and you open the door. And, what are all you idiots doing at my house? I hate this. <laughs> no, no, no. It was wonderful. I liked it. That's amazing. Uh, question number five. Mm-hmm. Best gift you've ever given. So when my first son was born and began to talk, we, like every other parent ever, we learned later, he just said stuff that was really funny to us. So we would write it down and my wife would like post them on Facebook and he said some really weird stuff and he was like a really goofy kid. So over the years we had all these things. So then for Mother's Day one year, I commissioned... Xander Cannon, who did Game Farcer, he does the ah, Kaiju Max uh, graphic yeah. novels. He's just an incredible illustrator and all-around guy. Commissioned him to do like three, like one-panel comics based on three of like the sayings that my son had, and then ah. they're so great. Like one of them is "You should be a kid and try this," which is like he's kicking a ball and the parents are <laughs> in the background. Uh, no one said it was going to be this hard. What life? And then another one is he's in this giant messy room, and then he says, "You don't, you can't be mad at us. We're just doing what we want." So maybe you got to know my sons, but we love it. And like the illustrations could not have turned out any better. And it was like, I feel like I'm always going to be chasing that high of giving that gift. That is uh, tremendous. Uh, what a guy between going to parties and giving full-blown comic strips look at you go i've been so fortunate bob yule that's all i'm gonna say fortunate love it uh question six Mm -hmm. what'd you want to do for a living when you were a kid oh i always wanted to be a writer so like i had my grandma's like manual typewriter and i would always pound out little short stories and that kind of stuff and was always like in the school yeah. newspaper and that kind of stuff. It's something that I always enjoyed doing and I that I was marginally good at it and I figured enthusiasm will fill in that gap. So it seems like it worked out pretty well. Absolutely. Yeah. How satisfying is it to type on a typewriter though, isn't it? It's oh, like it's very satisfying. Something's lost in the typewriter to computer translation. Like yes. that's the clicks, the rolling back of the Mm -hmm. it's all wonderful and then taking that weird little piece of film with the whiteout on one side to like manually erase your mistakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh yeah yeah. and if you typed like a and some other keys at the same time the arms would come up and collide get stuck and you'd have to wrestle them free yeah very very satisfying yeah and uh uh, growing up, I, I lap a luxury. It truly did. Uh, my my mom uh, worked for Adler Royal Typewriters when I was a child, so we had the fancy. You could press backspace, and it would white out for you. Oh, right my on! Lord. It had a reel of whiteout right on there, and would back it out. So that's transformative. Pretty silver spooning over here, you know. It's... <laughs> you were just fast and loose. It didn't matter what you were typing. You can fix didn't it later. Matter. I just handed a sopping piece of paper to school the next day, just <laughs> covered in whiteout. Yep. Uh, uh, question seven. Mm-hmm. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? A moose calf. I, I really emphasize the L there, but well, baby moose, because they are bigger than you oh, think, okay. but they're still a baby. 
As long as the mother is mm-hmm. nowhere near, it's just a one-on-one because the mother will just wreck you. I don't. Yes. No contest. Like a moose is impossibly large. If you've never seen one yeah. in person, but a baby one, I could absolutely take it out. Spindly legs. I would be apologizing the entire time because they are <laughs> adorable. But listen, this is the this is the horrible situation I put you in here. Exactly. So this is the result we have. Yeah. Uh, question eight. Who's someone you look up to? I think my brother, Jason, probably in a lot of ways, because he, like from the time he was in elementary school, was a cross-country skier and was one of those, like, a journeyman skier, right? So, like, he did not have a particularly distinguished career. He did it all the way through college. Um Middle of the pack guy, but like really hard worker, really into it, trained all the time. And then he went to like a a ski program in college and long story short, he's, he pivoted to coaching and he's like a ski coach for the U S Olympic team on the cross country ski team. He's like Jesse Diggins. I don't know if you're familiar with her, like fantastic, well-known skier. She's great yeah. he's her coach and is travels all over the world to help people be faster and i just love the fact wow. that like he found a way to m- like move his passion in a way that was realistic you know what i mean like where he still is like completely in that world he's like fitter than yeah. i will ever be but it was just like you know what i'm never going to be like on the olympics but i'm going to help other people achieve their goals and he just kicks all the kinds of ass at that wow uh, absolutely tremendous yeah uh, i i would say that absolutely qualifies for looking up to yeah i hope so because otherwise uh, i've blown it <laughs> if you said if you said nah that's not acceptable for who you looked up to if you're like oh boy question nope. eight already and then this is the oh. reception we were looking for jay leno, <laughs> jay <actually>. leno. <laughs> i will say this Podcast is like is sponsored by big leno you mentioned jay leno one of the most surreal experiences i've ever had um, oh, to answer a question you didn't ask was I came home from work when I was at the Perfect. newspaper one day and his like that headline segment was on there and a headline I wrote was featured yeah. on headline. It Yeah, it was something oh. about like, like yeah. officials say clowns, comma, politicians uh, must be treated equally in parade or something stupid like that. It was just like a throwaway gag headline for just a non-story that we need to fill the space. But uh, it was just like, we're watching headlines. It was like, wait a second, I wrote that. <laughs> you no, did you... my Jay Leno story. So I look no, up to Jay Leno, you... actually. Get out of here, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so long. <laughs> Good luck in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, did you write the headline? Like, eh, this will be a funny gag. Like, you know, there's no stakes to this. So I'm just exactly. going to put a little goof in here. Exactly. Or... Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it, the weirdest thing about that is, like, I, I certainly did not run home with a copy of it and submit it to Jay Leno. Like, it was the furthest thing from my mind. So the fact that it was on there is, like, someone saw that and cut it out and sent it to him. So Someone reading through the paper that Jay would love this. He's going to love this. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so write headlines uh, directed at baby boomers if you want to have your work that... on television. Exactly. Uh, question nine. First album you bought with your own money. That would be the cassette of Weird Al Yankovic's Even Worse. 
which was his answer to bad. And I listened to that obsessively while like my biggest memories with that are listening to that while playing Alex kid in miracle world on the uh, Sega master system. That was like the soundtrack to that Ooh. game. For me. I can't tell you how much weird Al comes up in that question. It is at least every other week. It's, it's truly tremendous. Yeah. A hero for a time. He's a milestone for a certain kind of person. He's like an mm. entry point to music where it's just like, I want to do my own thing, mom and dad. And this is how I'm going to do it. This guy speaks yeah. to me. The the ultimate fusion of music rebellion and comedy rebellion all at the same <laughs> exactly. time. Yep. Uh, question number 10. What's your go-to karaoke song? Go-to karaoke. I've only sung karaoke a couple times and it's always been with Ben Hansen. And it's uh, David Bowie's Space Oddity. And it is so much fun to sing. And uh, the highest compliment I've received, because I was always really embarrassed about singing karaoke. So we did it one night and we sat down and we were at like a a thing with a bunch of people from around the world. And this guy from The Guardian in England said, you have a really good English accent. And I thought... There you go. Because I was really hamming it up up there during the spoken countdown and all that stuff. So there you go. Well, you have to. You have uh, to. What high praise. Yeah. In or out. That's what I say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, question 11. Last song you listened to. Last song I listened to. Good grief. I think it was a Jeff Rosenstock song. I think it was Nausea. From Jeff Rosenstock, yeah, which is mm, really cool. fantastic stuff. I like everything that guy's put out. Well, I won't say that because maybe he's got some EP I haven't heard and it just is the pits. But yeah, he's fantastically <laughs> talented. Everything you've encountered. Everything I've encountered, I love. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Uh, question 12. What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? controversial answer none i think like like every time that i would say well i want to hear more stuff by you know pixies like one of my favorite bands of all time they've got like three albums i've never even heard because i just kind of fall off at a certain point like where i'm just like this is the end of my journey with this band and like you're going in a direction because you're bored of the stuff that i like which i fully appreciate but yeah, I don't think there's been a band where I'm just like, I want to hear more of it. Because, like, if it's something I love, like, absolutely with all my heart, I don't want it to get ruined. I would be curious to peer into a portal, though, and stick mm. my little ear in here. This is, like, a total dad answer. I would be curious to hear what another Nirvana album would would have sounded like if they were still around now making music yeah. in 2021. Not like they were making, like, this would be their 2000 album. I just would like to hear that, but I'm not pacing around the room thinking about it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Arms behind your back, just hmm. brow furrowed. How thought. will this suck? <laughs> I think he's gonna, they're going to be getting into keyboards. That's how. And elect- Dave Grohl's going to be sidelined because it's all electronic drums. Bye-bye. Oh, <laughs> God. That's probably true is the sad part. Yeah. Uh... Question 13. What's a song that brings the most emotion out of you? 
There is a song by Drive-By Truckers called Mm -hmm. Two Daughters and a Beautiful Wife that just reduces me to tears almost every time I hear it. And I will say, if you would like to get bummed out, like read up on that song and it's based on the lead singer's his friend and family was murdered and it's a really beautiful song but it's just heartbreaking heartbreaking story behind it so that one just devastates me so it's one i don't listen to very often yeah i can imagine uh question 14 what's your favorite music video favorite music video that would be i think song called dark days by the band pop and it's animated and it's so great because it's kind of like showing a low budget tour from the like the band's perspective and just kind of like all these weird little vignettes with like accompanying a song that is just really really great and it has like yeah i recommend everyone watch it it's just really really funny and kind of sad and it has like little arcs and it ends on just a really beautiful hopeful note and I love the song, and I, then I saw the video. I was like, oh, wow, this is like a perfect accompaniment to it. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, 15, you got a million dollars, which you have to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to? A million bucks, give that to the Innocence Project. Like nice. paying for investigations into people that are wrongfully convicted of crimes. And that's there's a podcast called wrongfully convicted that is fantastic and really heartbreaking and great and anything that i think that i could do to kind of help with that process i would like to do that's tremendous yes uh 16 favorite holiday Mm. it's tough i feel like the obvious answer is christmas but i find as i get older my relationship with that holiday is changing in particular. Like my, my sons are 12 and 14 and like, I was all in on Christmas, like a new love for it, you know, when, when they were younger and everything, but as they're getting older, it's just kind of lost some of its magic because I think it's definitely become what Linus feared. It's all about commercialization (laughs) and, they look at it as, and this is my my fault as a parent, we haven't done a great job of moving it away from here's my list kind of a thing. So yeah, it's tough. And I think without that magic and the anticipation and like, you know, whatever your beliefs are, I think there's something about like not being able to sleep because you're excited about what the next day brings. I, I, I miss that. Halloween, I think is, Halloween's really great though too. I'm going to go Halloween. I'm going to go Halloween. It's because you can, for everybody. It really is. And it's like spooky, has some, um, some. I was going to say great songs, but there's only like, I guess, a very small handful of, of songs. I love Monster Bash. I love Monster Bash. The Transylvania. Tw- <laughs> there's like another one that was like the knockoff of that one too. Like his follow-up <sighs> that was just not great. I can't remember what it's called, but it was like, it was like, the. I don't remember. You can look it up. Come on, let's twist again of the monster bash. It was like that. It was wow. It was not good. But if you ever want to hear it, go to a party like Halloween store because they undoubtedly have one of those like 
55 Halloween songs. And that's got to yeah. be in the rotation because that's really, you're working with a limited palette. <laughs> well, what if I told you, Jeff Cork, what? that everyone listening to this show is hearing it right now. All you would-be monsters, come on in. Boris is going to show you how to monster swim. And then I legally have to cut it off because I can't really play that much. But you're going to get a little snippet. Yeah. More than a taste. This is like you're the baby is the food. You're turning your head away and closing your mouth. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Get a little on the lips. That's all you get. Nope, you just smear it on the lips. That's <laughs> I don't miss that. That's work its way through by exactly. osmosis. Seventeen. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, mm -hmm. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? Large dark chocolate mocha, extra shot of espresso. Ooh, shot of espresso. Extra Dude. shot. I wanted extra shot. Yes, I wanted <laughs> shake. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, sounds delicious. 18 is a big one. Mm -hmm. Spell the word. Oh, gray. Spell the word gray. Very, very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. This is actually why I reached out to you, because you had a streak at the beginning where people were just flaunting. G-R-E-Y. G-R-E with no G-R-A-Y. Oh, firmly in the AY camp. Absolutely. AP style and just uh, common decency would have you spell it that way. EY is like an affectation. Anyone who answers EY, you should ask how they spell center and just watch them turn beet red as they realize Ooh. the jig is up. They're a big blowhard. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. In fact, I'll I'm... even, I'll misspell Greyhound even. That's how struggling I'll, I'll go G-R-A-Y hound. My God, that the bus line is furious. <laughs> I love, I, you know, hot takes. People come for this podcast for hot takes and so they can go to sleep. But mm -hmm. we're getting the hot takes out of the way. Uh, 19, what's your prized possession? Prized possession. That would be, I got a story, Bob. Yeah. I When I was a kid, um... Always into video games, but we never had a home video game console. So mm. I was, but I think my parents figured it out because like every time we went somewhere and there was an arcade machine, it was just like magnetically pulled toward it and everything. So um, we did not have a ton of money growing up, but one Christmas I got a handheld Pac-Man game which was the absolute best present that I ever could have received. And it was cool because you could do like head to head with another person where they would control the ghosts. You would be Pac-Man and I loved it. And then one night, probably about a month after I got it, dropped it off the bunk bed. So it would only play two player mode. One player mode never worked again. Real heartbreaking. Decades later, my parents discovered eBay and oh. Bob Buell. <gasps> the Electronic Bay. They bought me <gasps> another one of the Pac-Man games that I didn't have before. So I, okay. So 
so here's a, an addendum to your story because mm-hmm. this is uh, if if you've uh, avid listeners of the show will know uh, between the ad break and question fifty one, I always ask the guest a question purely for me, just off the top of the dome. If you can see my piece of paper here, it has the words Pac-Man 2 <laughs> written on it. You're kidding! That's... Because I had that same toy growing You're up. The, Pac- the two-player Pac-Man uh, little LED, LCD, what, whatnot. Um, and I forgot. I must have like given it away at garage sale or same thing. It probably broke at some point. My mom got rid of it. And until I read your article about it on Game Informer, which is just a little a little blurb about it, I had wiped that memory from my brain that I even owned this thing. Oh, and as wow. soon as I saw it, my jaw dropped and I went, oh, I loved this thing. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And like at the time, it was such an amazing novelty to be able to play like a hand, a head-to-head game with with someone else yeah yeah it was great the thing that blew my mind was i I don't think until recently and recently like the last five or ten years there was no pac-man game where you could control the ghost Mm -hmm. they just didn't exist so like as a kid i was obsessed with like the miss pac-man arcade machines and then i got this thing and i was like you can be the ghost Like that thought had never crossed my mind. And, yeah. Maybe okay. I can tell myself as the ghost what happens when I get eaten and I respawn <laughs> in that box. What is that box like? What am I doing in there? What do you, where do the eyes go? Why do the eyes just travel? <laughs> I don't know. I was convinced as a kid if you ate every power pellet, you could eat the eyes. I think someone told me that and I was like, that's my life goal. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they're dirty liars what they Freaking are. Kids. <laughs> They're always lying. Uh, <laughs> but that is a tremendous answer. Uh, yes, the, the handheld Pac-Man machine. I, I adore it myself. Yeah. Uh, question number 20. Are you competitive? I hate that I am. Absolutely. Mm. I think my problem is that I... um, I'm competitive, but I also have like... I, I don't like it when people are unfair and like any game where it's like everyone is like, there's like teaming up or like wheeling and dealing cannot stand it. I hate mm. that kind of stuff because like, I don't like teaming up with other people because it makes me feel super guilty and I really don't like it when everyone teams up on me and yeah, I, I wish that I was not as competitive as I am. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, 21, do you consider golf a sport? Mm. I It feels like a no, but I'm sure that if you were to probe me, you would, with like, is this a sport? Is this a sport? You'd find all kinds of internal inconsistencies and everything like that. It doesn't feel like a sport. It feels like a game, and I love mm-hmm. games, but it doesn't feel like a sport. But it's a squishy, like, feel thing. Yeah. No, for sure. I'm I'm firmly in the skilled hobby camp. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like it is hard. I've only swung a golf club. I almost said golf ball, which would have been that's what the problem You're is. You're swinging the wrong part. <laughs> <laughs> I've only done it once, and I was just like, "Oh, this is not easy." So like, you you see highlights of someone getting a hole in one or an eagle, and good on them because that hole is so small. 
seems it's so far. Just yeah. move the thing closer. It <laughs> seems literally impossible. And you got yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, 22. Have you ever played any sports? Well, I played soccer when I was a kid, but not competitively or anything like that. I think it was like one season or something, but so I guess technically, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, 23 favorite sport to watch. Hmm. Golf. No, no, wait, wait a second. Um, <laughs> shut the show down. <laughs> <laughs> um, good grief. I don't really watch sports, but like, I think watch, you can interpret that a couple of different ways. You could think like television or in person. I think every sport I've seen in person Mm -hmm. has always been really fun just because the enthusiasm of the audience really helps get you in there. Like I know nothing about hockey and I've gone to a couple of hockey games and it's like, ah, it's super fun, but I don't know anything that's going on, but you can kind of tell what's going on at the same time. And then like, (laughs) Suddenly it's a power play and okay. And it's oh, offside. Jumbo, and... Jumbotron's a go in yeah. and lights. And, yeah. There's three oh, yeah. of these things. That, okay. But <laughs> yeah, very fun. Those two gentlemen are just having a fight for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Everyone's okay with this. Exactly this, sure why. This is a crime. <laughs> it's being promoted, in fact, somehow. Yeah. Uh, 24 theme parks. Oh. Absolutely, without question. We got back from a road trip a couple of weeks ago. We we uh, drove out to DC, and on the way back, we swung by Cedar Point and rode a whole bunch of roller coasters. And love it. Go to like Disney and Universal whenever we get a chance, and go on all the rides there. Can't get enough of theme parks. Yeah, Dippin' Dots. Love it. Oh, ice cream of the future. In fact, yeah, absolutely. Today, <laughs> um, question 25, dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring and a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls are coming down to the ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds can you beat in this fight? Okay. I think the answer here, I've, I've heard some other people on your show talk about this one. I have strong opinions on this one as well. I would think... If you could get away oh, with it, it, I would also ask a follow-up question if I were you. What was the last time you interacted with a nine-year-old? Because people are like, oh, I could do like eight. Oh, no. We're talking 30, 40. Though, like, you could just – this is not nice, and I'm not advocating this. This is a hypothetical situation. You could mm-hmm. use, like, things like yelling um, – your parents don't love you. And that would just be like an AOE effect, just watching them fall down <laughs> sobbing. Um, if it's strictly physical, uh, they fall down so easily. You push them like it's no kind of 30, 40 easily. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just grab it. They're so small. You can just throw them over the top rope and they're not getting up from that. I yeah. guarantee you. Yeah. It's like lawn darts. Just. <laughs> Oh yeah. Look at him yeah. go. I would I would be miserable the entire time like like with the moose calf. I would not enjoy it to be very clear. You you've put me onto Kill Island, which again, I, this is a really sadistic place, Bob Buell, but I do as I'm told. All expenses paid. Yeah. You know, I just 
<laughs> what am I introduced to the crowd is. as, by the way? Is it like, am I called the machine or do I get to wear a mask at least? Or is someone going to take a picture? Like, are you, you putting wear- phones in those like aluminum bag things <laughs> when people come in? Yes. I have one photographer and he gets all the promo shots, but everything else, <laughs> uh, everything else goes in the bag. All right. Uh, like a Dave Chappelle stand up show. You're not allowed to, no video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 26. What's a game you know you can win? Oh, okay. A game I know I can win. I have learned there is no game I know that I can win. Because, like, everyone thinks, like, I'm the best GoldenEye player. And it's like, you want to bet? You say that out loud anywhere <laughs> there are other people. Like, someone has spent more time playing that game, and they are better than you. You might be the best GoldenEye player in your dorm or in your family or something like that, but... You're not the best. There's no game that I know that I can win. I, I know enough to know that there's someone who is like better at literally anything I can do. <laughs> it's very, very humble and probably true. Uh, and I will have like question. the biggest hissy fit too when I'm losing because I'm too <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, question 27. What topic can you discuss the most? Uh, I think I could probably prattle on about video games for a long time that I think there are so many facets to it. And uh, I think everyone has at least like a cursory knowledge of it. Even if it's like, we want to talk about Pac-Man because you don't play video games. We can do that. Everyone grew up with at this point with the console. So we can go from there to like, if you want to do like deep dive nerd stuff, I can, I can play along with that too. Nice. Uh, 28 favorite place you visited. Favorite place I visited. Oh, on the road trip I just mentioned, uh, a place that I've always wanted to go was the Strong Museum in Rochester, New York. And I, uh, it's like the Museum of Play. So it's like this gigantic museum that's dedicated to to the concept of play and Hmm. everything from, dolls to video games and everything in between which is an artificial range so whatever um but they also have like the like a uh, toy hall of fame where they have like a a class every year though like the stick was one and the cardboard box was another and then tinker toys and all this other (laughs) stuff uh it's great but i i they're like Working at Game Informer, they're like a really great resource that we've leaned on over the years just because they have an incredible collection and really knowledgeable experts on game preservation and things. So I just right before I left GI, I did a feature that involved them and I was like, hey, I've always wanted to visit the museum. If we're in the neighborhood, I'd love to stop by and say hi. And then they're like, all right, for sure. So we stopped by and said hi. And then we got like a backstage, like quick tour of like their stuff from their collection that isn't on the floor because it's either too fragile or there just isn't room for it. Just their collection is so amazing. And uh, JP Dyson is a phenomenal person and he like made us feel welcome and just incredible. Like he had like those big things you see in movies where it's like they turn the crank and it moves the, the shelves. They just had shelves upon shelves upon shelves and it was just like here open this drawer and it's just like those little um boxes with like a glass lid and there's a ball that you put like in a dimple of a picture you know what i mean just like here's some of these from the 1800s yeah 
and just like with like weird pictures of clowns and stuff and Whoa. just they have everything and it's amazing and even if like i could have spent another day there just in the main part because there's so much stuff and they really go out of their way to make it like an interactive experience wow. and it's huge so the strong museum for sure where where is the where is this museum it's in, in rochester New York. Imagine, or no rochester new york what yeah <laughs> right around my parts you i should go I, there i'd love to do this you would love it it's fantastic i yes i am making this a thing mm-hmm. i want to go yeah uh 29 what's your catchphrase mm. if by catchphrase you mean something that you just like to uh, say all the time and it's not like Wanting it to be, I probably say, "God damn it!" Probably more than anything else. Like if I was on a Truman Show type thing, that would be my catchphrase. Yeah, it's not a cool thing to say. I mean, a little bit, you know. <laughs> it's no Chester Cheetah cool, but yeah. I well, I can't deliver it like Bob Odenkirk, you know. Like yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> his God damn it is like a thing of beauty. But. That's very true. On the box of Cork O's. The cereal <laughs> that's gonna be the yeah exactly the subhead underneath yep and they'll have like the little like uh opaque bar on that so as not to upset the same people that are uh offended by issues of cosmopolitan magazine at the checkout stand you know what i'm talking about like they have a <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you gotta hide the the goods yeah as exactly. it were <laughs> yes uh question 30 What's the best costume or cosplay you've ever worn? I think when I was in first grade, my mom made this werewolf costume for me that involved, it was like this huge drawn up process. It involved like using like dyed sheep's wool and like spirit gum and all that stuff. And it was incredible. And she says that like a neighbor kid ran away when they saw me, which is, you know, mission accomplished. And the worst part, though, is this is around the time that I realized I needed corrective lenses because I could not. I looked in the mirror and I could barely see what was going on at the time. So then I think later that almost immediately after that, I got glasses. But um, yeah, I heard that costume was very cool. Uh, Rumor has it, at least. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, 31. Have you ever had anything named after you? Hmm. No, we we gave my youngest son my middle name, but that doesn't technically count. I and maybe it does. I don't know. No, no one has like that. I don't didn't know has named anything after me. Okay, yeah. Thirty two hobby you've dedicated the most time to. Hmm. Now. If you wanted to be like a rule monger, you could say reading because you do mm. that all the time, right? Even though it's a hobby, you could say like, I read for pleasure, but then I'm also reading this instruction manual and I'm reading the street sign and I'm reading just everything. Like Ben Hansen likes to point out, reading is the only learned behavior that once you learn it is involuntary. You can't look at a word and choose not to read it. Wow. Only it's a weird yeah, one, right? He might be he, he might be right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's I... kind of gross in a way if you think about it yeah stop forcing these words into my eyes yeah <laughs> so i'm always reading bob because i'm so smart no it's probably video games but even then i'm reading stuff right <laughs> well or that press x those are words. Oh, they got us again <laughs> game over <laughs> two right there yeah it tells the whole story <laughs> uh 33 who's a celebrity you've had a crush on yeah i guess if if someone is like a well-known musician they'd be a celebrity right sure i would say in sonic youth video for bull and the heather kathleen hannah from bikini kill is on there and i mm. thought she was just the most like she's a lot in that video. She's like <laughs> prancing around acting like an idiot, but it was like 100% my kind of idiot. So I would say her for sure. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, 34. What's the strangest job you ever had? Mm, writing about video games. Probably that's a weird job. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen every day. Well, I suppose it does, but not yeah. me. <laughs> 35. Book you'd recommend the world to read. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that was instruction manual. Yeah, this is so where good. it all falls apart. Like, <laughs> um, I'm going to say uh, it never ends. This is I'm cheating here big time. It never ends. Is, it's uh, Tom Sharpling's new memoir, which I have a copy of it upstairs. I have not read it. But I already know because I love Tom Sharpling so much. He's a like a podcaster, former radio personality, yeah, uh, writer. Uh, he's like the funniest guy in the world, and yeah. So I already know that's my favorite book, and I know that that everyone's gonna love it. But if it's a <laughs> book that I've actually read, I would recommend um, that everyone should read. It's a book called "Kick Me" by Paul Feig, who's like one of the like creators of uh, Freaks and Geeks. It yeah, it's the funniest. It's so good. But. He seems like an all right kind of guy, uh, Paul Feig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go figure. He had a lot of people making fun of him when he was a teen. Really? Yeah, I you... couldn't tell in all of his work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what are, what are the odds? Uh, <laughs> sharp dressed man. Right oh, there. absolutely. Uh, uh, Thirty six. A movie that always makes you laugh. This is tough because for me, like so much of comedy is just about being surprised. So like mm. the first time I'll see something that I think is really funny, I will like cry laughing. Then after that, it's more of like a nod and an acknowledgement that, that yes, indeed, this is very funny. So I don't know that there's anything that every time makes me laugh. That's one like where I've gone back to things, which I rem remember yeah, remember fondly and being like, oh, um, this isn't as good as I thought. Like we watched Dumb and Dumber, which was like what an all timer in my mind. And was like, ah, it's pretty good. But yeah. then we, we like made my kids watch Ghostbusters. We're like buckle in one of the funniest comedies of all time. Ghostbusters kind of sucks, Bob Buell. Don't tell anybody because <laughs> everyone loves oh, no. it so much. It is not very funny. Bill Murray made a career off of this, so we can't. <laughs> it has the coolest universe and the best, like, tech, 
That's not a good movie. I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Hot takes. Yeah. Hot, hot takes. takes. Here Scalding. we go. Scorching hot. We're just warming up. <laughs> oh, Here we boy. go. Uh, 37. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, God. The the Love Guru. I watched that with Dan Reichert. Oh. And he on stream and it was one of those hey watch this dumb movie with me and we'll like riff over it with my uh people on my discord you know and it was one of those where it became clear that it's like after a certain point it wasn't even fun to like point out what was dumb about it because it's like literally what can you say about this it's just like oh no like the whole point it was just portrayed like we were mesmerized like it was one of those like i want to know everything about the making of this film because i think it'd be a fascinating story but like unwatchable it's just awful i i've heard nothing but bad and simply chose not to watch yeah and it's not like you reach like and i find i have a lower tolerance for this as i get older but like there's that kind of like oh it's so bad it's good kind of a thing and like there's nothing fun about that particular kind of bad in love guru it's just like it 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 seems like it feels like a two and a half hour long movie. I don't know how long it is, but it's like, it does not feel like a brisk 90 minute comedy. <laughs> Oof. Wow. Uh, 38. Who's your favorite actor or actress? Carrie Coon. Oh, uh, I yes, love the leftovers and she's on Fargo. She's someone that every time she pops on the screen, I point at the screen and say, you're in this. It's going to be better. yeah absolutely that's an excellent answer yeah uh 39 how cool was it in jurassic park when the raptors were running through the kitchen oh the coolest the the sounds the sights the reflections uh that the total package it has it all perfect scene in my the only way it could have been more perfect is if one of the raptors blew out the pilot light and then turn the gas up with his claw and then shut <gasps> the door and then put like a bar across the door and then like winked at the camera with its weird like translucent eyelid that's not a real <laughs> eyelid. That would have been badass, but maybe the sequel because they learn and everything, but whatever. They'll get there. They'll, <laughs> the Chris Pratt ones will get there, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, question 40. First show as a kid you got really into. Three, two, one contact because they had a recurring seg, like weird segment near the end with the Bloodhound Gang, which was like a serial mystery where kids would use the power of science to solve mysteries. And I was really into that. I think the idea of serial storytelling on television was novel to me at the time because I like there wasn't kids stuff that did that really, you know, yeah. so that was really cool. Uh I remember one particular episode, there was like a, they were like staking out this house and someone kept pacing by the window. They could see their silhouette going and what was happening, Bob Buell. They finally mm-hmm. got inside the house. There was a toy train on a track with a cardboard cutout lit from Kevin behind. McAllister style. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Those crafty kids. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say uh, the Bloodhound Gang, I assume not the band. <laughs> not the band. No, the Bloodhound okay, Gang okay. was named after that that little oh. segment on uh, 
three, two, one contact. Learn something new every day. Exactly. I didn't think the band would jive with that kind of show very yeah. much. But... Yeah, they they really had a real big turn. They're like, let's make music now. This crime stuff sucks. Uh, forty one. Who should play you in a movie of your life? Mm. When I worked retail, people would routinely tell me, I'm dating myself a little bit, that I look like Bud Bundy from Married with Children. So I would say David Faustino. I've looked him up uh, and he like, eh, close enough. Like even <laughs> now, I'm like, all right, if someone's going to make a movie, that's not bad. Yeah. You could use the work. Yeah. You know, um, 42. Who's the biggest celebrity ever met in person? Mm. And as always, I, I throw the caveat out there, you know, just seeing them at a concert or some such thing doesn't really count. Some, some sort of interaction. This one just popped into my head. I was like my friend group when I moved to Duluth. One of the friends owned their parents owned a bed and breakfast that have like a really big kitchen because it's a bed and breakfast. Right. So then every Tuesday night, everyone would gather and we'd have Tuesday night dinner and we'd make a giant meal and serve it to like a dozen or so of our friends. And it was great. And one time we're like prepping stuff and someone looks out the window and goes, Hey, it's Stanley Tucci. I'm like, what? And Stanley Tucci was in Duluth at the time because apparently his son went to the University of Minnesota Duluth and he was visiting him and he stayed at that bed and breakfast. And he <laughs> came into the kitchen briefly and just said hi to everybody and off he went. And at the time, I had no idea who Stanley Tucci was. <laughs> so then everyone's like, yeah, he's an actor. I'm like, oh, okay. And then after that, he's just like, oh. Is he's like the yellow car where it's like you don't notice how many yellow cars there are until you start looking for him. It's like, oh yeah, Stanley Tucci's in everything. He's, in a, he's all over the place. Yeah. Including your kitchen. Exactly. Like- <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he has a hairpiece though, so he's like he's like a whole nother mm. guy, too. <laughs> a Tucci in disguise. Exactly. Incog Tucci? No. Incog Tucci. Because <laughs> that's getting edited out. I don't know about that one. Um, uh, 43 TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about. There is an Amazon Prime show called Patriot that is so good, and you would not know it based on the title and like the image that it shows up in <laughs> Amazon Prime. It yeah. you would be forgiven for thinking it's like something about a sniper or something stupid, but it's actually it's the best. You could ask Leo Vader; he's really into it too. And it's like Ooh. very dry, dark comedy. If you like Coen Brothers, if you like that tone, guy who's like a CIA operative going through like a major bout of depression. He's a folk singer. Also, and he's like starting to give away like secrets about the mission and songs. <laughs> and it's really, really, really funny. And there's two seasons and it tells like a beautiful arc and they're, it's done, ends on a satisfying note. And it's just absurd and fantastic. So Patriot. Wow. Patriot. Patriot. Ooh. Dynamite stuff. Love it. 44. Favorite comedian. Hmm. I would say Tim Heidecker. He's Ooh. someone that I love just about everything he does. And he tries to do 
new things. He doesn't just stick. I think a lot of people think Tim and Eric, which is certainly a large part of his creative output, but he's got the on cinema stuff, which is just this phenomenal parallel universe that he's created. It's incredible. And um, his podcast, like streaming show is really funny. I just, I, I think he's great. Yeah. <clears throat> Tremendous. Yes. 45. Best Saturday Night Live cast member. This is one you could cheat. You could say Tim Robinson because he was on camera for one season. He was a writer before that. And I, I think, think you should leave. Two before, yeah. yeah, I think you should leave as like phenomenal. But if we're going with like an actual cast member who's on for a long time, Bill Hader, no question about it. Just an amazing impressionist and just like he's one of those people that i will just sit there and do deep dives on youtube just watching like interview appearances and stuff because he's so funny and oh yeah have you ever seen the i know it's a john mulaney sketch from snl uh because it's the most john mulaney premise ever where bill Hader is a game show host where uh it's it's uh, mulaney and and uh cecily strong i believe mm-hmm. are the contestants and the game show is you have to name people that you see every single day of your life so it's like here is your doorman at your apartment oh no name him <laughs> <laughs> that's how i know it's a john mulaney bit because it's this weird it, like it's this inner fear of his of being oh. called out on it or it's like oh i've been your best friend for 15 years <laughs> and here's my wife what's her name <laughs> and it's my lady just going like can i have a hint <laughs> um but bill Hader plays the game show host on that and he, he just plays it like it's like a simpsons character where he's just like this ever seeing ever present game show host who's just like puppet mastering mm-hmm. the strings of this game show it's one of the funniest things of it. i can i can hear uh, him in my mind is it almost like a vincent price a little bit of that in there just kind of his Oh, he's, that's the a best. Thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, that the game show setup, very underappreciated premise in Saturday Night Live because it gives him a great exit point, which is something that that show struggles with, obviously. But then, like, you ever watch the one with Jason Sudeikis as the host of What Is Burn Notice? I, I have it, but it's such a brilliant. All like, right, the, yeah. all you have to do to win the show, what is burn notice? And then people are just like struggling, be like, "There's like the show has been on for six seasons now, has a tremendous following." Just literally say one thing about the show, and people are like, "Anything." Yeah, that's great. Forty-six. What's the nerdiest thing you've done? Nerdiest thing I've done. That's really hard because, like, the easy answer would just be like anything. It the gi when i worked there it's all very nerdy but i like to do something that was like then and also i collected a paycheck for it because i think like a lot of (laughs) nerdiness is like you're just doing it solely for the passion and like not necessarily because it's your job also let me um let me think okay this is this is nerdy is i'm in the process of like working on like a virtual pinball table and Ah. one of the things this is this i think this sums up my my idiotic mentality is where i just installed coin doors on it that 
are just there for cosmetics. I'm going to have a button you can push to insert a coin. But there's just something about it. I looked at it. And I was like, it's got to have a coin door. Like, it doesn't look right. Yeah. Knowing full well that it was just an idiotic thing to do. Because <laughs> it doesn't serve. Like, I've, I'm going to wire it up. I'm a, I, So you could do it with coins if you wanted to. But just like, that's really nerdy, I think. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure you could point to anything else I do and go like, oh, that's <laughs> I like, I, I respect that though. I, especially the wiring it up part. Cause I think if it was purely cosmetic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on the, on the nerd spectrum, but not quite, but the wiring it up, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's what's taking it over the edge. And I All love right. It. 47 least favorite state, least favorite state that and this has nothing to do with like the state. I've never even been there, but I will say Alabama because um, once again, this anecdote will, will date me when I was a kid. Like if I wanted to like get something that they did not have at the store, one option would be ordering it from what they would call the Sears catalog. Okay. Mm-hmm. And at the time you couldn't, use the internet to do that you would have to call an 800 number and talk to a person and look at the item and say like this is the video game i want this is the item number and they would repeat it then you'd give them your address and i grew up in alaska invariably you'd say you're in alaska and the person on the other end of the phone would go ah postal code or postal abbreviation al i say no no alaska's ak (laughs) that's the abbreviation so they would always confuse us with Alabama. So I guess I'm holding a grudge there because I literally have nothing negative to say about any state that I've been to. They've all seemed fine. I know it kind of sucks, but whatever. <laughs> I love this very positive story. <laughs> I guess Idaho kind of sucks also, but yeah, <laughs> Alabama slighted me. Yeah, exactly. And maybe got some of your stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 48 best thing you've ever won i will preface this by saying i fully acknowledge it again been very fortunate but there was a time in large part due to my uh lack of responsibility when it came to money and finances where i would routinely find myself broke and not knowing how i was going to pay rent and uh not having eating a box of like ice cream cones for dinner, for instance, which is one of my like favorite memories of being broke. Um, Just the cones, not with ice cream. Uh, Oh, just just the cones. (laughs) (laughs) Eating a sleeve of those because there's nothing else in my house to eat. Um, So I got in the mail in one of those periods and I always had video games. Interestingly enough, I always found money to play video buy video games because I'm just an absolute idiot. Uh, Anyway, I got a a thing in my mailbox saying I had to go to the post office to pick up a, like a certified letter. I was like, I don't know what this is. This is weird. So I go to the post office and it is a check for $1,500 from Microsoft. And I was like, what is this? This is great. I could pay my rent. I could get food. What it was is there was a banner ad on a, like that Microsoft put up on a website, there was like a fake scratch off thing 
And I didn't win, but it was like, here, enter this for like a runner-up prize. And I won that like six months later after I'd totally forgotten about it. So that was the best thing I won. Those banner scratch-off things were real at some point? At some point they were real. It was a very, (laughs) very small window of time because like they turned into, like this was like an official Microsoft one because like scammers hadn't realized you could just do whatever you want on the internet because it doesn't matter. Yeah, like businesses were like clamoring for nobody cares. Yeah, you could do a real contest and stuff apparently. So yeah, I mean it's spent as like real money. That's all. Yeah, you put (laughs) all the ice cream cones you could dream of at that. Exactly. Forty nine. Is there anything you've had a collection of or collected? Yeah, absolutely. I have a large collection of Lego stuff. I would say also I also have a lot of video games, but I don't consider those a collection in the same way because like my lego stuff i like build it and then i put it on a shelf but and that's pretty much where that ends so that seems like more of like a collection than just like i buy these games to play them and i put them on the shelf because i can't have them all out at once so those seem like they serve more of a function i don't know They're, they're slightly more yeah, utilitarian is probably the wrong word, but it's something in that vein where, you know, they have multi-uses. The Legos are purely for, uh, <laughs> you know, observation. Yeah, it seems know. like the act of collecting is more of like a checklist kind of a thing, too, where you're just like, I want all of this. You might incidentally end up collecting, like, stuff. Like, if you're a Stephen King fan because you enjoy his books, you might have a collection of his novels, but unless you're just like, I like the aesthetics of the spine, so I just buy everything that says Stephen King on it. You know, it's, it's I guess that would be a collection in that case. But if you're just acquiring things because you enjoy them and then whatever. Maybe I've, I've either spent too much time thinking about yeah. this or not nearly enough. But we'll get to the bottom of it by this year episode. <laughs> um, question 50, dubbed the Ryan Davis. You're in a fight to the death. With another person equal to your size, you're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing the weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose, knife or bat? Oh, knife. No hesitation. Knife is like a damage over time kind of a thing. You, you stab somebody <laughs> mm-hmm. a few times, like, you might get your, like... Might get your bell rung a few times if someone's got a bat, but like those stab wounds, they they start to stack up. You're gonna lose a lot of blood. You're gonna get oh, yeah. faint. Like I can also like if I wrestle around with my kids, I understand this is not training for like fighting myself with a bat. But like you can someone swing something at you, you could like stop it or block it or move out of the way. Then again, I again I have not trained my kids to go for the kill, so that. <laughs> Maybe filling me with false confidence, but I, I still think knife. Yeah. Plus, I think the first time that, like, when the like like in the movie when they they you get them and then they touch themselves and then look at their hand and it's like totally red, like that's different from like hearing the ping as it like hits your arm or something. You know, you're like ah oh, wow, ouch. Yar, we have. Plenty of more adventuring with the great Jeff Cork. But first, I think I see some mid-roll ads off the visit mast. Avast, ye mateys. It's the mini-vandals playing the song you're hearing right now. 
And that scurvy dog DJ Williams doing the song you're going to hear next. Or the opening from that swashbuckler Diana. Or the closing song from Yo Ho Ho and a bottle of Single Friend. And all you landlubbers who want to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, that would really... Uh, a pirate term. Uh, make my heart walk the plank. Yes. Now let's batten down the hatches for the second half of the episode. Yar. So, as I mentioned, uh, uh, right before question 51 is normally my question for you, uh, but but you done stole it, Jeff Cork. You done stole my question about Pac-Man. Yeah, I did like the way you phrased the question, too. Pac-Man oh. 2. <laughs> Not even a question mark. Just the word Pac-Man and a number two. Yep. Uh, but I've got a backup because I'm All right. a professional. <laughs> There is an article that lives in infamy that comes out once a year and is sometimes addended every year. I, if I get to ask you one question in this whole thing, I need to know the origins and the mythos Uh of the Star Wars article. Oh, my Lord. Because from an outside (laughs) perspective... That don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah. So, and it just, it's one of my favorite oddities of the internet. It's <laughs> around every year on Star Wars Day. And I need to know more. I need to know what this is about. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, it, basically all it is is a story that just says, the headline is Star Wars. And then I think I changed it to say, in parentheses, updated or brackets updated. Yep. Um, and it's just the word star wars a whole bunch of times and just pictures and bad photoshops of star wars and the origins of it are i reached a point where i was so tired of everyone in the office talking about star wars because it just seems like it comes up so frequently where it's just like and i like star wars star wars is a fun movie but it was just like i think there was like a star wars day and it was just like does it need a day it has 364 other <laughs> freaking days where people just won't stop talking about stars so it came from like a really petty place like a lot of things i do but yeah i i i love that story i would always try to like sneak it in when like to be like a casting announcement for something i would like re-promote it and everything but i suspect that like people people in the office their enthusiasm for it started to diminish over the years but i would still kind of it was like a gag gift that people would keep passing around. And, and uh, yeah, I suspect we won't be seeing that in the feed anytime ever again. But just to search for Star Wars. It's like the first thing that pops up on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> just for sheer repetition of the word. Absolutely. It's, it's SEO gold. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Star Wars a lot. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh again for any uh wonderful listeners i will be sure to link to it in the podcast description if you'd like to read this wonderful wonderful article it's a, uh, the closest is... i ever came to a think piece at uh, game <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not bright. It is. It's. <laughs> it's a classic. It's an all-time classic. Well, thank you. Um. Uh, but I've got so many darn questions. Let's, yeah, exactly. uh, let's, go let's right do into it. To these. All right, fifty-one. What's your phone wallpaper right now? Oh, my phone wallpaper right now. Like last month, I I was thinking back to like Android phones when I first got them. Live wallpapers were still a thing, and it seems yeah. like those have kind of fallen out of favor. And I was like, do people still have live wallpapers? And I looked, and sure enough, there are some. And there was <laughs> I my wallpaper. Long story short, is a like a virtual betta fish. Is that how you pronounce that? And it's just yeah, that sounds right. Uh, just looks like I don't have my phone in here. Um, just looks like a, one of those fish and I have no affection for that kind of fish. They're always like, they, you see them like on the end cap at Walmart. Most of them are floating because yeah. they have died and they're, they're fine. But I'm just like, yeah, it looks like that fish. And I look at it and I'm like, yep, there it is. So it's not, not a great wallpaper. It's not like my family around the Christmas tree or anything that I have a personal connection with. It's like, yep. Do they make live wallpapers? Yes. I will download this one at the end. Credits roll. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love it. Uh, 52. What's the last thing you Googled? The last thing I Googled. Uh, I, th- I think it was a pinball flipper solenoid, which is not sexy. So that, that's, <laughs> you asked the question, though. That's what you get, baby. Because <laughs> you were looking up the band pinball flipper solenoid. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Like, a popular a huge prog rock fan yeah they're gonna be on the next crossfade <laughs> uh 53 you have to name your next pet without seeing them what do you name them okay do i know the gender of this pet <sighs> probably not okay interesting probably not probably. why am i putting weird caveats on it <laughs> like- i'm gonna <laughs> Uh, I no, want to know how this pet is revealed to me. This is an exciting <laughs> moment for me. You're walking home from a newspaper job and you open your door <laughs> and there is your local favorite band and a pet. And, and they say pet. the entire group points at a costume <laughs> and says, what do you name them? And you have to decide on oh, the spot. Oh no. Uh, uh, Tracy. I'm just trying to think okay. of like a like a neutral sounding name. It's <laughs> yeah. tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I'll go with Tracy. Okay. Tracy will be loved. Uh 54. <laughs> what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? This is tough because like when I was into professional wrestling, a lot of it was these wrestlers were selling archetypes that if you like I love Ted DiBiase, but I can't presume to be anything like the million dollar man. You know what I mean? And like, that seems like, I would say like a kind of a deep cut, but you ever heard of the Mulkies? The Mulkies? I believe it was Randy and Bill uh, Mulkey. They were. I pride myself of being a wrestling aficionado. I've never heard of the Mulkies. Fascinating story. They were just like total jobbers. Uh, They were there solely to get pinned. So that whatever uh, stars were being promoted would have something to do in the ring. Yeah. And, but they, they came all the time. 
for more. And their their win loss ratio was just absurd. It was like triple digits and no wins or something. <laughs> it was like it was kind of great. And they were just terrible. And they I can't remember how exactly it happened. They did win a against a team that was like seems like they were kind of like blowing up a little bit and they were getting hyped. And then the monkeys yeah. beat them, which was like a really huge coup at the time. It was super funny. So I think that would probably, I would say like the monkeys. Cause I just, you know, they just kept doing it, kept plugging away. They're kind of endearing. Yeah. Everyone loves the monkeys. Exactly. No one remembers them. That's exactly what I want. Just like, <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, 55. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Mm. I'm saying like a, like a Big Mac probably. And it's not necessarily going to make my day any better, but it's just a reliable sandwich that you can get anywhere, which I think is important because like, you're going to have bad days when you're on the road and everywhere has McDonald's, right? Like it or not. Oh yeah. Despite our best efforts, yeah. yes, 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 they do. Yep, I bring a bad day with me everywhere I go too, so it's it's only fair. Uh, Fifty six favorite smell. Oh, freshly baked bread. Mm, yeah, excellent answer. One of the few things I miss. I worked at a uh, Italian bread bakery, not like oh. one of those fancy cake ones you see on mm-hmm. TV, just straight up bread, and that is. Uh, it was a rough job. I had to be like five in the morning and the oven is like oh. 10 feet from you going all day and it's roasting. But uh, the fresh, freshest, mm-hmm. fresh baked bread right out of the oven, you put just a little sprinkle of cheese on there and a uh, one or two little pepperonis. And it's just like the greatest sandwich you've ever had in your life. It's, yeah. It's, oh. The smell of like baked goods in general, that's like my head splits in half and there's a red weak spot. It's that's where you shoot the smell of freshly baked goods like my health bar goes down almost instantly we like when we moved to the twin cities from duluth the house we ended up buying uh, in large part i'd like to think now was like because when they left and we just walked in the house they had just baked blueberry muffins so it was just Mm -hmm. like i didn't notice the fact that the road was heavily trafficked and that it was terrible school districts and the neighborhood wasn't really great it was like oh this is a muffin place this is fantastic i could live here and i did you were you were like a cartoon just wafting like floating in the air toward the the smell of the bread tips of my shoes scuffing on the (laughs) the floor yeah oh wow Uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing I will recommend uh, if you are in the market, if you're like, oh, no one is listening to this is going to be in this position because the housing market is so stupid now. But like if you're going to buy a house and you and your partner ever think kids are in the equation, look at this. Look at the school districts. It's a very easy thing to forget <laughs> that should kind of guide your decision a little bit. They're not all good. Say pro tips. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Freelance dad. Uh <laughs> uh 57 best candy best candy okay do you think chocolates and candy are different this is a a hotly debated categorical choice here Mm -hmm. i for the sake of this question i'm gonna say yeah they're all lumped in there they're all lumped in there but if you but if you caught me in the streets and you asked me that question i'd Mm -hmm. give you a solid no 
Okay, we'll, do, <laughs> but, we'll play it both ways. Here, I, yeah, it's all fair game. All right, Reese's okay. cup would be the instant answer. In particular, I would say like the Easter or Christmas tree or Halloween varieties where the ratio is just completely out of whack. You don't have those ribs on the side messing it up. It's oh, like yeah. the concentration of peanut butter is very strong. <laughs> um, but if we're excluding chocolate, I will say that Salmiak, which is like a salty black licorice that Scandinavian countries manufacture, oh. very acquired taste, but yeah. super, super delicious. Yeah. Wow. I I have to I have to bring it up only because it's it's too much of a coincidence not to be. Joe Juva had the exact same Reese's holiday answer. Oh really? <laughs> yes, of not regular Reese's but the ornamental Reese's for the oh. holidays be, because they're a stronger concentration of, of yeah. what a, goodness I'm going to call it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the egg one of those is like the top tier because there's not much you can do with that shape. Like the jack-o'-lantern, you do have like the little stem and then the Christmas tree has got all the little serrations on the sides. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Easter one. Wow. That one too, like you can, if you're a glutton, like someone I am, you can unwrap the whole thing and stick it on the roof of your mouth and just like tongue it in a really <laughs> gross way, which again, these are things I do that no one needs to know about. So... <laughs> And they are embossed on the internet forever. Yeah, it's a well, best and worst thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of 58, worst candy. Oh, banana runts. No Ooh. hesitation. They're just miserable. Like that one in particular, but I think anything banana flavored, because it never tastes like a good banana. It's always like the banana that is like black and leathery. It just has like that really strong banana ness to it. Yuck. Yeah, no good. Yeah. Now, Jeff Cork, yes. I will blow your mind with this. Uh oh. Do you know why banana flavored candy does not taste like bananas? Mm-mm. This is a true this is a true fun fact for okay. you. I've I'm sure I've mentioned it on a, a previous episode, but because it's just a such a weird fact. Most of those candies uh got their flavor of bananas pre-World War II. Okay. And the uh strain or like breed of bananas that existed then mm-hmm. no longer exists today. Because oh. of shortages during World War II and different like bacterial outbreaks or whatever that happened around the same time, that strain of banana is just dead and gone. And I guess scientists in a lab created another banana. Oh, <laughs> and weird. that is the banana that we know today um so not that banana does not taste like the old ones so the the candy the awful candies are the only remnant we have of those awful old bananas they should fix that it's not great <laughs> that's so bad yeah, yeah this this is for my my fellow dumbs out there uh look up a picture of a, how bananas <laughs> grow it's for me at least it is the exact opposite way that I would expect. You ever seen how bananas grow? I'm holding up my fingers. No. Skyward. That I think about. They're, they're like this. That's how they grow. They're not like down. <laughs> they're like up. Like, yeah. They don't just dangle? No. Like, they go, like the bananas are, like the free end of the bunch is pointing toward the sky. Oh. That's right? 
in defiance of all of nature. That's yeah, that's so strange. It's weird. I'm now I'm, I'm frantically googling it because if I, I'm peddling this information, I need to protect myself. Oh yeah, there they are. You just looked at an image that was horizontally flipped, and <laughs> well, I just clicked my favorites, and it's just right there. It's the banana. Seat. That was like, incidentally, <laughs> Tim Turry. He had one of my favorite moves. Is like, like people would just had a tendency to like wander around the GI offices and like hang out and talk to someone and everything. And when Tim was like at a point where he'd had enough of someone just kind of loitering at his desk, he would pull up Google and just type in banana and image search. And it would just be pictures of bananas. And he would just quietly start scrolling through the bananas. (laughs) He wouldn't draw attention to it or anything. It was just like, that's your cue where it's just like, get the fuck away from me. (laughs) But in like a really quiet way. It was the best. Legendary. That is (laughs) Oh, what a brilliant move. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, oh, God. What question was that from? Uh, Candy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a 59. What's a restaurant you'd recommend? Ooh. We just discovered. So we've been going to the same Indian place for like a decade now. And I'll, it's like my one of my favorite restaurants. I love it. I get the same thing every time i like chicken shahi korma and i get that dish at every indian restaurant that has it when i travel and everything just because it's like i know a good baseline what i like and it's it varies wildly from restaurant to restaurant but like the place in uh maplewood minnesota was like my favorite quality's been slipping a little bit over the past few years but it's still pretty good we were like decided just a couple days ago we're like we're gonna try a new indian restaurant We'll see what that's like. Bob Buell, I got to tell you. You want some really great chicken shahi korma? You go to India House on Grand Avenue, St. Paul, Minnesota. It's the best. It's it's the way that the other place used to make it. It is so good. So there you go. We, We got a new place, baby. You think they... Oh, boy. We're moving up in the world right here. Were you going to say, do you think that they hired away the staff? I bet they did. I'm answering. I, I'm. I'm. I think. I bet they yeah, got poached in the competition. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to live in Maplewood. You want to live in Grand <laughs> Avenue. How Slitter. fancy that sounds. Ooh la la. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, question sixty. What's a food you've never eaten? Oh boy. This. I think this is going to be a common response. Bug stuff. Mm. Yeah. I've never eaten any bug stuff. Uh clam cane never eaten that i smelled it but okay <laughs> yeah there's a lot of doesn't, stuff i haven't doesn't eaten. look pleasant yeah yeah uh, it's terrible <laughs> clam cane. um 61 strangest food you have eaten oh yeah we went to japan on my honeymoon and Ooh. the first night we were there my wife and i were famished and we went to a like a sushi restaurant that was the kind that up until then we'd only seen in movies and stuff where it's like the conveyor belt sushi you just grab what you want and then they count your plates and yeah you so uh neither one of us speaks any japanese so or reads it or anything which is the best way to travel people generally love that you're just they say oh finally <laughs> 
welcome real real babe in the woods tourists they love <laughs> exactly it. just yeah so we went yeah. there just grabbing stuff and i think that one of the plates we grabbed it had i didn't find out what it was until later it was like a pile of dried roe which i'd had caviar before which but it was like a slab of dried roe that had this really weird like chewy consistency and if it was one of those like i'm glad i read about what it was later because at the time i was just like ah, oh, this isn't great but whatever so that's probably the weirdest thing Oh, that I know of, because I'm sure I ate something gross that someone made, and I just didn't know. <laughs> he just never Googled the day after, yeah. Exactly. Uh, 62, what's a typical day off? Oh, Bob Buell. I'm waking up bright and early, like always. Firing oh, up uh, Binding of Isaac, playing some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then watching YouTube for a while. Then I'll probably play some games with my kids. Maybe go to the store. Maybe don't go to the store. Who knows? Day off. I can do what I want. Roll the dice after that. Yeah. yeah. If it's a Saturday day off, <laughs> I will walk and get the mail. Sunday day off, there ain't no mail. So that's that's a big part of my day as well. You didn't say what's the best day off. Okay, Bob, let's be very clear there. Maybe I might watch a movie. I, yeah, just loiter around the house. Yeah, that's about it. It's very boring. I love it. <laughs> Listen, you know, it's a day off. What are you going to say? Oh, I go parasailing every day off. No, it's not. Yeah, not exactly. Feasible, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 63, bucket list item that you accomplished. I think getting a job, like, in the game industry in some capacity. That's something that I, like, initially I dropped out of college, and then I went back because I wanted to work at Nintendo and I that I saw that they required a college degree, so I was like, "All right, I got to go to college." And then I did, and then just through happenstance and luck and force of will, kind of ended up working at Game Informer. So yeah, oh, not too shabby. Uh, Sixty-four bucket list item you probably won't accomplish: acquire a taste for mushrooms. They're one of those <laughs> things that's. It seems like they're everywhere. And I'll see like a commercial for like Wendy's yeah. will have a mushroom Swiss burger. And Bob Buell, you're not going to believe this, but these food stylists, they want their food to look good. And they can make a mushroom Swiss burger look good. But then when I have a mushroom in anything, it makes me want to puke because I hate it. But I do <laughs> like I've always hated them. And I do force myself to try them like once a year just to see if like I like them. Because I would like to like them because yeah. they're in so many things and like, you like they're in things that would otherwise be great. But I just know I don't want to ask for them to not put mushrooms in. So that's what I would like. I, you know, I respect it. Are you a mushroom as a, guy? As a mushroom lover myself, you are. I love them. I, I truly love what? them. Okay, so I, like, uh, what would you recommend? I've as like a gateway mushroom, like easy mode mushroom have uh see there's two different routes to go with this because you can go with the um uh the the giant full portobello Mm -hmm. mushroom which people are like oh you can you can eat it as if you're eating a burger and i think that's 
kind of true but at the same time you're never going to be duped into thinking you just had a burger it's, yeah nice it's a try decent I did that, veggie alternative that's but spaghetti squash all over again <laughs> yes yes you know this is not actual spaghetti um but for my money you do uh chopped up uh baby portobello or chopped up white mushrooms it's just mm-hmm. a standard you know when you think of a mushroom that's what you're getting chop them up toss them in a pan put a little butter put a little uh, uh red uh what is it red wine vinegar or apple cider vinegar mm. or a little bit of both if you're feeling saucy mm-hmm. and uh just keep stirring just okay. keep stirring it's gonna soak everything up it's gonna shrink down it's gonna become wonderful it's gonna soak in all the butter and vinegars and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lovely thing and then uh, what, I, what do i do i put it on something or i just sit there and <laughs> Just acknowledge it while it's in the pan. <laughs> um, that's that's the tricky part. Yeah, I, I think yes, putting it on a burger is wonderful, or like putting it on top of a salad even is mm-hmm. is pretty okay. Uh, but like me as a mushroom lover, noted mm-hmm. famously, uh, I'll just I'll just scoop it out with a fork and go All to right. town, have okay. it as a side. Uh, if you want to mix it in with some fried rice, perhaps something mm. along those lines, you'll, you'll uh, maybe hide the texture just a little bit. Is it a texture? Is it a flavor thing? Do you know, I think it's kind of a little bit of both. Like the texture okay. seems what I say, but at the same time, it's like I eat scrambled eggs and don't like, I'm not like having a hard time with that. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. Cause it, it is incredibly unique. Uh, to the point where, like, they kind of invented a flavor just for it. Like, mm-hmm. um, umami is just like, yeah, it's mushroom, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it's it's a it's a tough one to convince people on, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it it for the most part they taste what you cook them in. So if you if you if you're especially you know leaning toward a specific sauce or something, mm-hmm. just douse it. And, and and if that doesn't do it, yep. yeah, well, Maybe you're probably not, not going to get there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Fair enough. So long story short, douse it. Douse it. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 65, dubbed by previous guests, the realest question of the bunch. Mm. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with, but regret it. Mm. I would say probably like my friend. Like best friend from junior high and high school, Chris, is probably someone who like will periodically we'll talk to each other on Facebook, but it's like five years apart and that kind of thing. I should reach out to him. Yeah. Mm. Hey, great guy. Nice. Uh sixty six. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Well, funny I think I mentioned it earlier. I they have the Alex Kidd in Miracle World, the I was a DX version or some kind of highfalutin remake, and I just yeah. downloaded that a couple nights ago, and they've inserted some story. There's some dialogue, which is very strange because all you need to know is Alex Kidd lives in Miracle World. That's the end. That's his story. That's his arc. <laughs> just a guy living in Miracle yeah. World. Um, and he but, may or may not like shinobis at some point, but uh, that's yeah, all another thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that game makes me feel nostalgic. So it's been fun to. I think my brother is in town, so that's a game that we would play together too. So I'm, I think I'm waiting to really do a deep dive until he comes over. We'll I'll make him look at it, and he'll be like, 
I don't play video games anymore. Whatever. But <laughs> oh well. Maybe I'll listen to Weird Al while I'm doing it. That might be interesting to see if it just like blasts my brain open again. The best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, 67. What game have you spent the most time playing? That's an easy one. It's one that I am not proud of either. There's a mobile game, like an idle, one of those stupid incremental progress games that I would just have on my phone all the time and for years. And then I finally just uninstalled it a couple days ago. Cause it's like, this has just become like a habit and like not a fun or engaging or rewarding way. So bye bye. So the end. What was the game? If you don't mind. Me uh, it was tap Titans two. I recall tap Titans two. Yeah. 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 I won't say that my life is any better without it, but it's, it's my finger is better. <laughs> I guess. Let's tap and nothing wrong there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 68. Mm-hmm. What's something you built with your own hands? Mm, I built a meme cabinet. So like, did all the woodworking and all the wiring and all the, all that stuff. So designed all the arts on it. And yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. 69 best pickup line. Oh, good grief. I, this is a total blind spot for me. I, um, I don't think such a thing exists. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like if I had a good answer, I would give it, but I just have never used them. And every time I hear someone like say one, it's always like this embarrassed, like there's a lot of qualifiers. Like when someone tells you what it is. Yeah. I got, I got nothing for that one. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's probably the correct answer honestly (laughs) uh 70 have you ever had any good nicknames oh i think my last name is just a built-in nickname so uh i i I like i grown i did not like it for a while growing up because people would say you know rhymes with dork which cut right to the bone uh I'm a I'm a mere mortal. I no one can endure that. <laughs> no, it's too it's too sharply pointed. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like Cork, which is the laziest nickname because it's just your name. But uh, certainly better than Corky. That was another <laughs> really bad one because yeah, that's awful. Uh, Seventy one. Do you believe in love at first sight? Hmm. I don't think so. I think love is like a more like a deeper growing appreciation over time. You can like you can like the hell out of somebody at first sight for sure. But I think that's generally like more of an infatuation kind of a thing, which is fine and fun. But yeah, yeah, love is different. Yeah, I hear you. 72. What's a big turnoff of yours? Oh, cruelty. People that are just mm. mean and the worst is like people that are like that, they will, they kind of brag about it in a weird way. They'll just say like, I'm just a really sarcastic person or I I just have a really dry sense of humor. And it's like, that's fine. But like, if you're just mean, I, I don't, I'm not into that at all. I think like, yeah, like liars too. That's something I have a really hard time with too. Yeah. Yeah, not not great. Not great as a combo either. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> no. You can avoid hanging out with those kind of people. Like 
that's an easy way to make me walk away from a situation is put me in close proximity of a liar. That'll, that'll get me out of there. Yeah. Uh, 73. Mm. Do you consider yourself an artist? Mm, no, no. Okay. Yeah. 74. But something you tried to cook and failed. Oh, geez. Um, I really enjoy cooking. I think like, I will say this is a story of triumph is like when the COVID started, I, this is like, in retrospect, it's embarrassing, but like, I didn't know how to poach an egg very well. And I know that like, if you look online, there are myriad techniques for poaching eggs ranging from like a double boiler to like silicone, silicone cups that you put in the boiling water to, and eventually I got to a point where like, I can very easily boil, like, poach beautiful eggs in a big pan just by stern and everything. And it's super easy. And it's like, why was this hard? But um, for a long time, the yolks would break and I would just end up with a stringy, awful mess in the water. And um, so it took a while, but yeah. So like I messed up poaching eggs for a while, but I can hear that kids. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a, a pot of gold and a rainbow. I don't know. The gold is good... the yoke is gold. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt right there. Uh, 75 dubbed the Ben Hansen mm. after uh, some fella. Uh, what's the greatest piece of art ever made? Oh, geez. This one is just an impossible question. It's there's so many things that people have created that I love. Um, you had, I feel guilty for bringing this up because you had a guest that brought something up and I was like, that might be it. Is sleep no more? That interactive yes. drama. And he said he saw it like nine times. I've seen it once and it was incredible. The only thing that I would have changed was this is before I got LASIK. So I had to wear glasses underneath this plague mask thing. Um, yeah. That's up there. Just like in case someone has not listened to that episode too real quick. Sleep No More is like, they've got one. We saw it in London on a Batman cover story, but they've got one in New York as well. And they basically, this theater company has, they, they'll have a building, multiple floors, rooms are themed for like different locations. And you basically, everyone in the audience wears a mask and they just have free reign over this location over the course of about three and a half, four hours. And there's like multiple stories going on. Actors will move from room to room and uh, you just are at your leisure to just watch and you're not allowed to talk to anyone. And it's like really eerie because yeah, it's amazing. So I would, that's up there for sure. Uh, Chester Cheetah, whoever drew drew, that's good. (laughs) No, that's stupid. No. It's a you know one A one B exactly yeah high brow low brow. Seventy six. Have you ever had something happen to you you would consider paranormal? I'll say no. But one time I had my iPod on shuffle, and it played the song the same song twice back to back. Even though they were like a different compilation oh. album, like a greatest hits, and then another one, and this is on like an eighty gig iPod that was like full. I don't know it's not paranormal. It's, it's 
very rare that that would happen. But I suspect a lot of ghost activity is also about as paranormal as that. But it's, I want to believe that kind of stuff. I think uh, it'd be super fun. But like you think about it, like as many people that have been on Earth, this planet would be lousy with ghosts. If like, are you kidding me? You'd be swatting them out of the the air every night. <laughs> I'm no scientist, but at least a couple thousand years worth for sure. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps a, a fair bit more than that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a, just a couple. Uh, 77. Would you ever use a Ouija board? Yeah. I've, I, I've never been into like a situation and I feel like I've kind of aged out of that. And I don't know if my, maybe I'll introduce, ask my kids, hey, you want to use a Ouija board? But I think doing it with their dad is incredibly lame. So maybe not. <laughs> It's yeah, maybe not the same. No, you know, I had a mouse pad vibe, that was a exactly. Ouija board, though. It was very cool. The end. Ooh. <laughs> uh, 78. Simply, why? Mm. I guess if you're here, you may as well do it. I like it. I like it. 79. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? Okay, now if I Time travel to a place where I'm alive. Do I jump into my body at that moment with my consciousness intact? Or am I like an observer to my previous self? Um, I would say observer to your previous self. Okay. Lost style. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Flashes before my eyes, you say. Hmm. <laughs> you know, something, something drop a big enough rock in a river you know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. oh man that is oh how about i time travel to the the time when i get to walk on the moon no that's like a weird cheat i don't know that that, <laughs> that seems very specific hmm. i mean I, su- I suppose you could time travel to the moon but uh not much going on there yeah yeah Hmm. You just high five Neil Armstrong and get the heck out of there. You know what? <laughs> I, I, if I could do like a sampler where I'm allowed to like time travel to a location for one minute and then do another one and just do that a few times, I would love to go see like the wealthiest people on the planet at that time and just give a big whiff just to see how stinky they were. I've always been like morbidly curious about like royalty. I'm sure that just total rotten ass all the time. Like, oh, there's, yeah. there's they did not have good perfume at the time. It just it's so hot. Up until 19, I'm gonna say 71, no one smelled good. <laughs> it's <laughs> just insane. Uh, yeah, even now you go to some comic cons and it's. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went to like Gamescom one year. And I may have told this story on the GI show at one point, but like, uh, I was there with Brian Vore, and we get on the shuttle that would take you. This is Gamescom in Germany, uh, takes you to the convention hall. We get on the shuttle, we're sitting there, and then, like, one of the stops, a bunch of uh, European guys in tracksuits get on, which that's just, it doesn't get any more European than that. And they, they hold on to the bars and immediately just. Fill the, the car up with some stink. And Brian Vohr, who I, I think is so funny, he goes, Really? Already? That, that's how we're starting the day. <laughs> so, like, oh, well. He's, he had a point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, question 80. 
Have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? Mm. My kids are still alive. So fatherhood, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. seems like that's going against the spirit of the question, though. Uh, but still, yeah. correct, yeah. Generally speaking, no. Like, I think the sudden part is what trips people up. Change yeah. takes time. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, 81. What game show, past or present, would you love to be a contestant on? Is Survivor a game show? Sure. Okay. I'd say that or Price is Right. Mm. I will say you would like, going back to the earlier question about like, what's a game you could beat anyone at? When I worked at a grocery store, I was very good at Price is Right. I wasn't so great when it came to like vacations and like high end appliances, but like if you're comparing like products at a grocery store, I had that down. And Price is Right would also be very fun because unlike like who wants to be a millionaire or something, I think I would be very bad at uh, a show that requires you to do patter with someone you don't know in front of an audience. So mm, like, true. like, okay, you have to stretch it out. You know, if it's like, what has wings and it's like four things. Okay, it can't be a uh, truck because trucks don't have wings. Do books have wings? I don't think. No, I don't think books have wings. <laughs> a red truck? That seems very similar to a truck, and that didn't have wings. So I'm going to say no. A bird. All this underscored by super dramatic exactly. music. Too. Like- <laughs> I would be miserable about it. I would just be like, it's a bird. And then they'd be like, come on. <laughs> we got... 20, 24 minutes of this we gotta fill, man. Stretch. Gotta stretch it. <laughs> exactly. Bird. <laughs> and I also wouldn't want some of the, like, put their arm around me, you know, like a lot of those might be like, yeah. I don't know. I'm a big weirdo. Uh, 82. What's a quote that you love? This is the hardest question for me because I, I don't know any quotes, honestly. Oh, like, really? And this tariff, yeah, I've always been like, everyone seems to have something on deck. I got nothing. I don't like, I know a lot of things that people have said, but there's not like a quote where I'm just like, you know, as Ben Franklin once said, <laughs> da, da, da. I don't, I don't have that. Like that part of my brain just is not functional. Okay. Um, um, okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I wish I had something there. What's it like? What's a quote that you, how would you answer that question? Um, well, I, I always revert back to my, I had two high school yearbook quotes. Mm-hmm. I kind of cheated because in the high school yearbook, you were allowed one section for a quote and then one for a personal message. And I was like, I don't care about personal. I'm just going <laughs> to include two quotes. seems like cheating the system. Uh, so one was from, uh, Mitch Hedberg, the, the, the comedian, um, who said, I'm sick of following my dreams. I'm just going to ask where they're going and meet up with them later. Mm. Uh, which I really enjoyed. And then another one, uh, very on brand for me, is uh, the pro wrestler Mick Foley, mm-hmm. who used to be um, Mankind and Cactus Jack and all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, his, his quote was, I can't jump high, so I jump from high places. And I always thought that was very on brand for him. But if you kind of, you know, if you choose to be more of a romantic with it and you kind of go like, yeah, there's kind of a nice story there. Like, don't let any 
actual, you know, don't let limitations limit what you can do. There's there's a way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of like great. those. Yeah. Yeah, what he said. That's man. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, 83. What's the best shirt that you own? Mm. I have a shirt that I had printed out and it's just a blue shirt and it just says ass on it and I can't wear it everywhere but I just love it <laughs> I my intention of it was not like buttocks derriere ass I just like the idea of someone like just being an ass like a donkey or a jackass so I don't know I, just, I, I like that shirt <laughs> cool. perfect uh 84? Would you change your middle name? No. My middle name is Orlan. O-R-L-A-N. And I used to hate it. And I've grown to like it. And I liked it more when my grandmother passed away. And they were going through... It was named after my my grandfather. And um, his first name. And they were going through the stuff. And they found his birth certificate. And... His first name was Orland with a D, but he misspelled his name mm. his entire life. So Re- my <laughs> middle name is after my grandfather, who I don't know the story behind that. I can't imagine that he didn't know, but it's very strange. Yeah. Because everyone would be like, Orland! With, and I'm like, no, there's no D. It's just O-R-L-A-N. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're no. a smart people. <laughs> uh, 85. What's a good impression you can do? I don't... I don't know that I can really do any really good impressions. Um... Yeah, I don't think I'm a really good impressionist. No, you don't have a a, a, a spare in your back pocket in case of emergency, break glass and uh, do a soupy sales or something. How would <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I am, Bob? You? I, don't know. <laughs> I, just, I have a lot of old television shows on in the background. I suppose I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Uh. Like I think within my it's like, it's a no, it's no I think within my peer group we we make fun of Dan Reichert a lot, and everyone does like a Dan impression, which is not really, it doesn't really sound like Dan, but it's just kind of like his overall attitude. This is just kind of like, uh, it would be like, I don't know, I don't know what the hell's ketchup? I don't know, never heard of it, never heard of it. So again, it's never it's <laughs> never intended to like sound like him, but like everyone's impersonation of him is just like. His big dumb guy energy. Oh, how we laugh, Bob Buell. <laughs> and you've captured it. Lightning in a bottle right there. Uh, 86. Is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? Absolutely. Yeah. I had, when I was in college, I had this very complicated design blended together i can't even remember half of it but it was just like a whole bunch of things i liked at the time like throw it into a blender that i wanted to get on my back and i'm just so glad i never did it yeah hear that kids i don't know wait till you're old <laughs> and then get all the tattoos you want because they're expensive too and you can get good ones they're very expensive yeah I'm, I'm, 
I've been on the cusp of getting one for a couple of years now, but it's like, oh, what it's gonna be? It's so nerdy. Let's it's... do it. Let's get nerdy. <laughs> it's a stained, like a stained glass window, like mm-hmm. those church stained glass windows. But I want it to be uh, a pixelated Pac-Man ghost with a halo around their head. Mm. Uh, I I don't I that just tickles me like a ghost and the you know word I don't know something about that I really enjoy and I'm oddly obsessed with those old Miss Pac-Man games and oh yeah I think it I think it would just kind of be a nice slapper somewhere throw it on a shoulder and you know take my wallet and just call it a day yeah that one <laughs> seems like a real crowd pleaser too like everyone will love that which not to say yeah. that should be like your North Star. As you live your life, but it ain't nothing. Yeah, it's it's something I could you know proudly show on, show off, and you know not not feel bad about it. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. One of these days. One of these days. You hear that, people? Let's have a GoFundMe so Bob can get a special tattoo. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> the most righteous of causes. <laughs> me and my tattoo. Uh, uh, eighty-seven. How would you describe your sixteen-year-old self? Oh boy. De- uh Oh man. He's doing the best he can. He just doesn't know any better. He's just could really use some adult supervision, I think. <laughs> that is a that is a great way of describing it's, I think it's a lot really, of people's 16-year-old selves. It's so rough too because like one of the things that we're kind of having in our our family right now is like my oldest son, he's 14, like I said, and he's just kind of turning into a slightly different person and it's fascinating to watch. And it's also kind of heartbreaking and it's also very frustrating because I see so much of myself in him, which is the last thing that he wants to hear, but like so much of it, just like the way that like when he's just not in the mood, he's really snippy in a particular way and he, knows everything about everything and it's just like some kind of as again this is something that probably most parents go through but it's just like this karmic retribution where i'm not at the point where i'm going to call my parents and say like oh god i'm so sorry i understand now but uh i've come close a real cats in the cradle type moment Mm -hmm. i think that's what that song is about uh (laughs) 88 what's the worst injury you've ever had I was in a rush walking around my house and I uh, caught my little toe on the, like the leg of the bed and it hurt real bad. And I fell down because I was so, so it was such a big owie. And then I, Mm -hmm. it was sticking out at a funny angle and then I moved it. I couldn't move my, and I, touched the toe and it was like a grindy sensation. So I went to the doctor and they took x-rays and then they showed them to me and like it was broken and they showed me the x-ray. It wasn't, it was broken. Like you would break a stick. Like it was broken. It wasn't just like a little fracture or whatever. Oh, so they, they're, then they're just like, Oh yeah, that's broken. And it looks real bad. They're just like, yeah, you just use your other toe as a splint with some tape. Here's a special shoe you have to wear for a while. Bye. I was like, so I, I lived that long without breaking a single bone in my stupid little toe. And it was, it was so painful, Bob. Don't, don't do that. It's bad news. The 
the piggy that went to market, no <laughs> <Exactly>. less. <laughs> he won't be going to market. Uh, 89. What's a habit of yours you want to break? Mm. I have like a nervous habit of like picking at my hands. And I do that all the time. I was always like mm. a nail biter. And then it's this kind of change to like, when if you had nervous energy, I would just like pick it like skin on my hands, which is absolutely gross. And, but it's just something I do. So I would like to break that habit. Yeah. I think it's commendable effort. Uh, question 90 home stretch time. Mm -hmm. Have you ever lied on your resume? I have not. I am like imposter syndrome runs strong with me. And I'm always so paranoid about being like found out with anything. So I'm always honest with that kind of stuff. Maybe if I wrote, I'm a hard worker, maybe that's technically a lie. (laughs) I mean, you can be, you know, (laughs) collaborative, (laughs) (laughs) proficient in Microsoft office (laughs) suite. (laughs) You spelled sweet wrong, sir. It's like... That... <laughs> oh, there should be some way that you can type stuff and it'll show you if you spelled it wrong. <laughs> Stupid Microsoft. Uh, good. Uh... Brilliant. Uh, 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? Yes. The person Ooh. I look up to the most. Jason, my brother. We were, oh, we were having okay. an argument before the bus came one morning and I punched him right in the face and it sounded, it made the sound like in a movie when someone gets punched in the face at like psh, sound. Yeah. Shocking. I did not know that was a real thing. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know either, but that's yeah. oddly satisfying. Maybe I need to. You got to punch some more faces. About to... <laughs> <laughs> a punch face and spree right now. <laughs> Uh, 92. Would you ever go to a nude beach? No, probably not. I know that just putting sunblock on for a regular beach takes a lot of time. And I just, there's something skeevy about that nude beach culture that I can't, Maybe I have a lot of growing up to do, and it's, maybe this is a time for me to start listening or whatever. But like, it just seems like I've read about them, and it's just like always walking around with a towel because you don't want your bare asshole touching things because it's gross <laughs> and like it, it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like my thing. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Ninety-three. When was the last time you cried? I don't know a specific thing, but I'm a real, like, I'm an easy cry. But typically it's not, like, sad stuff. The thing that gets me is, like, someone doing good. And, like, mm. the triumphant moment or, like, someone has, like, like the happy cry. That's where I, that that's where I get. Yeah, I getcha. So you're a fan yeah. of Lost, correct, right? I adore the show, in fact, yes. That last episode every time gets me there's so many moments there i don't want to spoil anything because i think it's magical there's a scene in front by a vending machine that 
just oh. gets me. I love it so much. And it's one of those, like, I'm I'm very careful about rationing things that I have, like, a strong emotional attachment to because I don't want to be immune to it. So that's something I don't return to very often. But that absolutely gets me. There's a episode of Avatar Last Airbender that's really a fun episode that it ends on a really sad note that is like a tribute to the voice actor who passed away. I don't know if you watched uh, that show. I haven't now, but oh, yeah. phenomenal show. But yeah, that's what, that's a, more of a sad thing, but generally speaking, just like moments of like great happiness. Get me. That's awesome. Uh, also, we can agree. The lost finale was excellent. No problem. Uh, I love it. I'll defend it to my it, grave. I love it. Under, I knew I, I knew I liked you for a reason, <laughs> Jeff Cork. That's the one. Yep. I knew we'd find it. Yes. <laughs> uh, 94. What's something you've done and will probably never do again? Ooh. We went on a trip and there was like snorkeling in the ocean was part of it. And mm. I grew up swimming at the community pool. And I had built it up in my mind where I still knew how to do that, even though I had not attempted to swim in decades. So I had a lot of unearned confidence about that experience. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. put on the snorkel, got in the ocean, and then it was just an immediate, nope, I don't know what I'm doing. I hate every bit of this. There's water (laughs) in my mouth and up my nose. So then I immediately just went back on the boat and watched as my youngest son and wife would come up periodically and be like, oh my God, that's sea turtle. And I'm just like, turtles are like one of my favorite creatures on earth. And it's just like, it's so beautiful and big. Oh my Lord. Then they disappear again and then come up and like, oh, okay. The treasure chest opened up and there's this gold all just ripe for the taking. I can't believe these, these marvelous sights and the sea monkey, just like the comic book ends. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but boy, they were having a great time. And then it's just me sitting on the boat, listening to these Caribbean guys talk about their weekend and what they were going to be doing. So that was cool. I won't do that. I, I'm again. sure equally as exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were going to get drunk. Yeah. Bob, that's what they were going to do. <laughs> oh, spoiler Very cool. for their, for their weekend. <laughs> yes. Uh, 95 best compliment you've ever received. This was like a cumulative effect and something that really touched me is when I put in my notice and made my announcement that I was leaving GI, I got so many nice messages from people that I'd worked with over the years. And it was, there wasn't like a specific compliment, but it was just, just a really nice, like probably the closest I think I'll ever get to like attending my own funeral in a weird way where it was just like mm. people just had very nice things to say overall. And it was like, uh, just felt very appreciated and it was great. That's awesome. Uh, 96. Tell me a joke. Okay. I need your help with this one. Okay. Can't wait. It's okay. the form of a knock, knock joke. Okay. So you have to okay. start it off. Knock, knock. Who's there? Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You you son of a gun. (laughs) Hey, we're having fun. (laughs) Honestly, I, I... 
I did not even. Yeah, yeah, you got me. All right, <laughs> I was gonna walk through how you got me, but yeah, I think that's kind of the nature of the bit there. That's it's pretty solid. <laughs> if you do that like with drunk people, it's especially good. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> really throw for a loop. Uh, 97, 97 used to be a question that I made and, uh, I don't really care for it. I threw it right out the window and I replaced it with the, uh, listener question of the week. All right. Uh, so of course, if any of you, uh, lovely folks out there have a, a wonderful question you want answered, uh, it's uh, 99. That's of course the number 99 questions pod at Gmail or 99 questions pod on Twitter. Uh, and so for this one, we got a couple of great responses. Mm. Uh, so I am going to do a quick lightning round with you here. Love it. I believe we got, I believe we got five of them. Yeah, oh. five. Of oh. them. Uh, first one from Chris Logan. Uh, he was very interested to hear your pick for coolest dude, which I can't wait for him to hear. <laughs> Chester Cheetah. I'd like to apologize. Um, but, <laughs> but Chris Logan would like to know. What your Netflix comedy special would be called. Oh, interesting. Okay, I see a picture of me leaning against an invisible wall, doing like a half shrug. It says, Jeff Cork, (laughs) Uh apologies in advance. That's pretty good. That's pretty solid. It's going to be live next week. Uh, (laughs) uh, Next question from Austin B Media, Mm. perhaps Austin B. Uh, When transitioning from Game Informer to MinMax, what fears did you have by relying on a community to pay your bills? Fair question. That's an easy question because I have not moved entirely to MinMax. I just kind of pop Mm -hmm. in. And do my thing. So I, I actually work in uh, in public relations. So I work kind of in and around the video game space and like indie record label and a bunch of other cool stuff. So the MinMax stuff is just gravy. And that's the absolute best case scenario. So. Yeah. Nice. Uh, this question from James Johnson. Uh, I think I might have the answer, but not the listeners Uh do. James Johnson wants to know, what happened to all the chibi robo amiibos that I sent him? Bob (laughs) Buell? For for the audio listeners, there is a one, two, three shelves behind Mr. Cork. uh, Laden. Oh, there's more. (laughs) There's another full shelf of nothing but GB Robo Amiibos in box, no less. Yes. It's, uh, it's my background on every like Zoom <laughs> call I have at work. And it is great because every time it pops up, people, you can see everyone leaning forward and being like, what Amiibo is that? I'm like, what's well, GB Robo, of course. <laughs> no one know knows what GB Robo is. It's the 2003 GameCube <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, next question, Grizzled Gaming. What's behind the beard? What's behind the beard? I, I think it not, by now, like five chins. So it's a little industry secret. 
Uh, and last question from uh, Dory, friend of the show. Uh, rumors are swirling about oh. your connection to a quote-unquote cool Santa. What do you have to say for yourself and your supposed connection to them? Cool Santa. Very interesting. I have heard about this character, and he is a running neck and neck with Chester Cheetah now that I think about it. <laughs> but that's just as an impartial observer. Uh, of course. He seems very cool to me, though. Yeah. He seems pretty cool. If he if he's any two things, he is mm-hmm. both cool and Santa. Yep. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you all for your, uh, for your wonderful questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, question 98. What made you want to be who you are today? Ooh, that's a really good mm. question. Uh, that one is so hard to answer because I, I can't point to a specific thing. Is it like what made me want to be or who? I, I want to make sure I'm. I have it listed specifically as what. Mm. Uh, it could be a who, but I specifically yeah. made it a little vaguer, you know. To... Yeah. It's it's something I think about a lot where, uh, and I'm sure everybody does this, but if for some reason you don't, I would recommend trying it. It's just reconstruct how you got to where you are now. And I find that to be fascinating because you have all these astounding coincidences. At least that's been my experience where it's just like the odds of certain things happening when they happened are just so impossible to predict. So it's kind of like I had things that I wanted to do. I knew things that I liked. I've never been an especially ambitious person. So I don't want to make it seem like I've just kind of like been along for the ride but in a lot of ways it just feels like a bunch of stuff happened to me and now here i here i am and i was an active participant for a lot of it but some of it just feels like i was just kind of swept (laughs) through it so i don't know like it sounds like really terrifying like does this guy have any agency over his life uh it feels like it or it certainly felt like it but I don't know that I had like an overriding thing <laughs> behind that, which is a really long winded way of just saying, I have no idea. Like nothing really made me want to become the person I am. It just kind of happened that way. You know, I don't know if there are like, like, yeah, like no. self starter type, like supremely motivated individuals that are like aspirational, like dream board. This is where I want to be when I hit this milestone. I've never been that kind of a person. I just, have just kind of moved through the world doing the best I can, I guess. Yeah. No, I love that. And believe me, those dream board folks, I shan't be having them on my show. <laughs> Thank I you. I shan't. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question 99. Mm-hmm. Top of the mountain. The titular question, as I like to say. Yes. It's a fun word. What do you want to be remembered for? Hmm. I I would hope that this is something that I think that I've had one of the like biggest luxuries that I really enjoy and I know that a lot of people don't have this and I'm really grateful for it and that I have friends that I've worked with and that have remained close with for a very long time and 
my friends working away like Hanson and everybody. And I like when I listen to Min Max shows and stuff, it just it I find it delightful that people like will bring up things that I may have said or like a moment they had with me uh, that maybe I forgot about. Maybe I think about it all the time. It just depends on what it was. And that's really great. And I think that that experience, just because it's being recorded and broadcast, uh, like I said, I'm really grateful that I have that experience. But I bet most people should realize that their friends are acquaintances or people that they worked with are probably bringing them up in conversation and remembering them fondly and stuff like that. So I hope that ultimately that that's an experience that people have a, about me if they've met me or, or interacted with me is that they have walk away with it being a positive experience and that they remember it fondly, I guess. And also you should record it and bring it up on podcast so I can listen to it all the time. Cause yeah. Well, luckily for you, sir, <laughs> <laughs> I've sneakily hit the record button right before we said all of this. So it is saved. What? <laughs> Ta-da. There yeah. was a robot who said recording. It's fine. It's all by the books. <laughs> uh, uh, amazing answer. And, uh, uh, Jeff, I'm I'm uh, I'm fresh out of questions for you. I'm uh, I'm I'm plum out here. Well, Bob, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure, and I I mean that like sincerely. Uh, this is like such a fun experience too. Is just like everyone wants to be asked questions and to feel like they're like the focus of someone's attention and stuff. But it's delightful. So um, I would like to hear you be a guest on this show someday because I want to hear about <gasps> you. But I. Uh... I would uh, thank you first off. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, there, there's rattling around the old brain cage. Mm. There's a there's an idea for for something like that for sure. Uh, one of these days, though, I, I don't know if I would have interesting answers to any of these, but uh, yeah, maybe a handful. But <laughs> oh shit, you've uh, been looking for interesting answers. Oh. <laughs> I should have recalibrated. Can we start over again? I've been at, coming at this the wrong way. At, from the top. Uh, <laughs> Tragic misunderstanding. I thought you wanted breakfast, the I most think? answers. Because that's what I was going for. The longest. Oh, wow. Going for a hundred. <laughs> uh, 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 Jeff, uh, very kind words. Truly. Um, and, and one of these days that will, that will certainly happen. But uh uh, for now, I for the bottom of my heart, I thank you for for agreeing to do this. This was amazing. Um, you were very early on in my my list of people I wanted on this show, and I got you. You got me. <laughs> you had me all along, baby. You just didn't know it. <laughs> uh, is there uh, anything you would like to uh, plug, promote, put into the waft into the ears of our wonderful listeners? Uh, anything at all? The floor is yours. Oh my gosh, I would say. Uh, our dear friend Ben Hansen and I, we have a podcast every month on MinMax Better Quest, where we set community goals and goals for ourselves and hold each other accountable. And it's just a super fun time. And then we talk to people from the community who are like, check up on them and see how they've been doing. And there's also like a community on the Discord, which is 
fantastic and i'm kind of shy on there but it's still super great so i'd say that and then also hansen and i have an afi podcast called the fire inside out where we talk about the band afi not the american film institute but um and that's fun even if you don't like afi you you know it's something to listen to i guess finally a podcast (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah that's all Uh, i got What a hero. What a legend. That is why Jeff Cork earned the title of America's Sweetheart. Jeff Cork, everybody. Uh, amazing. If you could find me giggling more in a two-hour span, I'd like to hear it, because I don't know if it exists. But it's last call time. Red light is on. we got to figure out what we learned. We learned that Chester Cheetah is definitively the coolest dude with his shimmering sunglasses and all that. The only thing to make him cooler? A typewriter with a built-in whiteout ribbon. Hit me up, Chester. I got you covered. We learned that banner ad prizes were actually a thing back in the day. Uh, I think I might have won one recently, but they only offered me a time travel tour to smell the wealthy? Uh, pass. We learn that biscuits and gravy can be whatever part of a meal it wants to. We learn that a soupy sales impression is probably not something worth investing your time into. And we learn that incognito is just a bad pun. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have World War II bananas and mushroom sandwiches to make. I will see you again in two weeks for our next episode. Thank you, and good night.